turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. And he's here to say good afternoon to you. Welcome on board for this Wednesday edition of Lifeline. It is the ninth day of May, and trust uh, trust you're having a good week so far. Moms, I hope you're looking forward to a great Mother's Day weekend. And uh, sons and daughters and husbands, um, hope you're looking forward to putting together a great weekend for Mother <laughs> this weekend. Or um, if you've lost your mom, as I have, to do something special in her memory, memorialize her in some fashion as we approach Mother's Day weekend here coming up on Sunday. But that, by the way, is just a reminder, not the topic of today's program. We are going to dive into some of the critical events of the day. You might have heard word a little bit earlier on here within the last hour that Syria lobbed about 20 missiles into Israel. Uh, ongoing skirmish, which I realize for the Israelis is almost commonplace, but it raises questions now in the light of what's been transpiring in the Middle East, most notably in relationship to Things like uh, the United States withdrawing itself from that disastrous nuclear agreement with Iran, one that we should have never been in in the first place, one that at the very least should have been ratified by Congress. Now that we're out, will the enemies of Israel try to take advantage of the situation or take a opportunistic approach to things? We're going to talk about all of that as uh, we're joined by Paul Toberty. Paul is the author of a number of best-selling books, including A Nation Born in a Day, How God's Land Grant to Abraham Affects World Affairs and End Times. And boy, that certainly is true today. We're also quickly approaching a historic event as uh, the United States is on the cusp of opening up its embassy in Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, that while um, been the capital of Israel, I think, since 1950, and yet uh, we are one of the many nations that, for political reasons and pandering, has never officially recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, but we're about to. So we'll talk about all the implications of that when Paul Toberty joins us a little bit later on in tonight's program. Also, if you have struggled through some of the real tough spots in life, who has it, Right gone through economic challenges, maybe problems within your marriage, maybe you've dealt with a cancer diagnosis, whatever it might be, and you oftentimes in those moments um, of, I don't know, what do we call them, spiritual crisis, moments of doubt, disappointment, feeling as if you're distant from God. How do you you reconnect with the love that you had in your embryonic-level relationship with God? How do you get a sense of recapturing the wonder of the God that we serve. Well, Marlo Shalevsky has written a book called Reaching for Wonder, Encountering Christ, 
when life hurts. And if you're in one of those painful situations right now or know someone who is, then tonight's program is one you will not want to miss. We'll get to that conversation coming up with Marlowe a little bit later on in the first hour of the program tonight. A day on the green. What a delightful way to spend an afternoon and an evening fellowshipping with other golf fans, enjoying the great outdoors and uh, knocking the old ball around on the 18 holes. Joining me in studio, Brian Recton, to tell us all about the KFAX second annual Pastors Masters Golf Tournament. Yeah, uh, as you said, second annual. We started this last year. Uh, we had 72 pastors. We had a great day at uh, Spring Valley Golf Course in Milpitas, which we're going to be at again this year. Uh, the date is June 11th. It's a Monday when most pastors have off. We call it Pastors Masters, but right away let me mention that it's it's um, not just for pastors. It's senior pastors, executive pastors, assistant pastors, staff members of a church, a parachurch organization, my goodness, if you teach a Sunday school class and you play golf, we want you to participate. So pretty much anybody involved in ministry is welcome. Even business owners that would like to bless a few pastors. We have a, Last year we had a few business people that, that uh, had three pastors on staff at the church that they attend, and they, they blessed the three pastors with a round of golf, and then they joined them in the foursome. So it's, it's pretty flexible. The point is it's uh, Christian fellowship. Uh, centered around uh, people in ministry, uh, either church or parachurch-type ministries. It's a great day. It includes lunch. It includes dinner. It includes awards. It includes the golf, the cart, uh, a bucket of balls, the driving range, the putting area, the practice greens. I mean, it's the whole package. Now, people hear that laundry list of everything that's going to be provided to each golfer. And again, this is going to be on Monday, June the 11th from 1230 p.m. until 8 p.m. at Spring Valley Golf Course in Milpitas. But Brian, you go over that laundry list, lunch, dinner, award ceremony, uh, bucket of balls, putting green, the golf cart, yeah. on and on the list goes, yeah. and they're thinking, okay, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Wait till he yeah. tells me what it costs. I hope you're sitting down for this. <laughs> no sharp objects nearby. I say, I say it jokingly <laughs> because anybody that plays golf, the number that I'm about to give will be shocking. Here, here they'll say, what's the catch? But there isn't one except that we are intentionally underwriting a portion of the cost of the day so that we can bless these pastors and these ministry volunteers. If you go online to kfax.com and click on the Pastors Masters banner, you can get all the details. That also takes you to the registration page. It does. You can easily register online. Now, what if I say, gee, you know, uh, my assistant pastor, he's a big golfing fan, and yeah. we've if got you, an, somebody else on staff. If you I'm don't wanna... know who your golfers are, you can still register a foursome. Okay. It is going to ask for names, but you can just repeat your name four times, or you can put your name on the first line, then to be de- TBD, to be determined. Uh, don't worry about that. Register so, the four so you get that early bird price, and then you can fill in the uh, the players as as you get as you as you begin to pick them. So we can either register everybody today, or let's say I I just would like to have an opportunity to spend some time relaxing and fellowshipping on the golf course with other pastors. There's nobody else on staff that that is a golfer. Can I go ahead and register and then KFAX will team me up with three others? You can register as an individual. You can register as a twosome. You can register as a threesome or a foursome. Your choice. You can register multiple foursomes. But certainly you can go out as a single. We will match you up 
and put you in, in with another foursome. For sure. And, and if you're, um, let's say, um, your par is not exactly <laughs> on par, uh, will you match me with somebody that I won't be too embarrassed with? <laughs> yes. And, and, and again, anybody that plays golf and is maybe a member of the Northern California Golf Association, if you have an index, we use the indexes. So really, uh, if you have an index, you know, you could play with a scratch golfer and, and, and still beat them if you have a good day. So uh, I wouldn't worry about that. I would focus on the fun. Spring Valley is a beautiful golf course if you've never played it in Milpitas. And this is a full 18 holes. 18 holes. Again, lunch, dinner, awards. We're going to give an award for closest to the pin, the longest drive. We'll have a number of par 3 challenges closest to the pin on the par 3s. Um, we're going to be playing a four-person scramble. And if you're not familiar with that, basically it even takes a little more pressure off if you do have a higher handicap, if you don't, you don't get out very often and you're worried about that. The nice thing about a scramble is that uh, you go out as a team, so everybody hits their drive, but you play the best ball. And then you play the best ball again, all the way to the putt. So everybody can contribute. You know, Everybody can have a good chip. Everybody can have a good drive. Everybody can have a good putt. So it's a lot of fun playing as a scramble. Now, let me say, if you are not a golfer, what Brian just said is in a foreign language. <laughs> <laughs> Interpretation will be available at the KFAX website at kfax.com. Uh, if you're not a golfer, but you know someone who is, if you know that your pastor is, what a nice little gift this would be. And it's inexpensive. Again, with registration, early bird, all during the month of April, it's just $55 to register. And that includes everything that we've mentioned lunch dinner the golf course golf balls yep. putting green uh the cart the and whole let, nine more and yards. craig let me just speak to the business owners uh that are listening or decision makers um you can again we said you can play you can invite some pastor friends or anybody in a parachurch ministry you can also sponsor the event so Again, if you're interested, you can go to the website, you can, you can uh, uh, call me, you can email me, my information is on the page, you can sponsor a hole, you can sponsor um, the driving range, you can sponsor the putting contest, you can sponsor the beverage cart. I mean, there's a lot of sponsorship opportunities. They start as low as, I think, $250. So if you're a business owner and you want to get in front of pastors, you know, I always like to mention churches are consumers like everybody else. They need carpet. They need air conditioning. They need sound equipment. They need uh, their parking lots paved. They need insurance. They need painting. They need furniture. You know, they need all the things that any other business or consumer needs. So if you market anything that uh, could be marketed to a church or you just want to get in front of uh, influencers, I mean, pastors are very influential in their congregations. I mean, if they know that you have a great uh, life insurance policy or you have uh, great rates on uh, loans because you're a mortgage company or, you know, you own a shoe store in town, you know, these are people that can refer other people to you. So the opportunity for business owners is strong as well. And let's mention, too, a sense of urgency here. Clearly, the sooner they, they sign up or call in to get more information, the better, because you will have to eventually cut off registration. Yeah, we will be capping it at 144 golfers. We did it for the first time last year, and we we had half that number. We're confident that we're going to sell out to all golfers. Yeah, June 11th, mark your calendar. It'll be here before you know it. Uh, protect that date. Uh, Spring Valley in Melpitas, a great golf course. 
Go on to kfax.com, take advantage of that early bird registration, and just plan on being blessed. It's a lot of fun. The uh, fellowship before the round, the fellowship at the driving and the putting area, the putting contest is always a lot of fun. Dinner and dessert and awards uh, after the round of golf. Great fellowship. You'll meet other pastors that you've never met before. You'll enjoy some great fellowship and a really great day. Any awards for the biggest divot? <laughs> yeah, I'll probably claim that myself. <laughs> <laughs> the second annual KFAX Pastors Masters, again, Monday, June the 11th, 1230 p.m. until 8 p.m., lunch and dinner included at Spring Valley Golf Course. The early bird registration, just $55 per person, all during the month of April. Log on today to kfax.com and click on the Pastors Masters banner at the top of the homepage. That's kfax.com for the second annual Pastors Masters, K- KFAX.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All righty, we're back. 521 here on the Wednesday edition of Lifeline. You have uh, perhaps, as many of us, been following some of the stories coming out of Washington, D.C. Uh, news yesterday, certainly, that uh, President Trump pulled the U.S. out of the Iran nuclear deal, a deal that, in fact, was never ratified by Congress, going back to the time that it was first etched in, uh, what was it, 2015, I believe. Speaking at the White House yesterday, the president said the Iranian regime is the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. No doubt there. And uh, certainly of concern in all of this is the United States' strongest, if perhaps realistically only, ally in the region, certainly the only democracy in the region, Israel. And while they have certainly lent support for the move, there are concerns about how all of this may be reacted upon by Iran. Israel thanks President Trump for his courageous leadership, his commitment to confront the terrorist regime in Tehran, and his commitment to ensure that Iran never gets nuclear weapons. We said that rather than blocking Iran's path to a bomb, the deal actually paves Iran's path to an entire arsenal of nuclear bombs, and this within a few years' time. Yeah, not to mention that little $1.3 billion contribution that we uh, just handed to them, right? The uh, deal, as I mentioned, struck in 2015, agreed to curtail nuclear weapons program in Iran in return for relief from international sanctums. The president called the deal a disastrous one, accused Iran of not living up to its end of the bargain, and said there would soon be a nuclear arms race in the Middle East if the deal remained in play. Joining us now with some thoughtful insight and opinion is Paul Toberty. Paul served in the Korean War, where he was there awarded a Purple Heart and Bronze Star for Valor. He is a Christian media pioneer, author of a number of best-selling books. His most recent, A Nation Born in a Day, How God's Land Grant to Abraham Affects World Affairs and End Times. And Paul, great to have you on the program. Oh, great to be uh, with you, Greg, and uh, we've been really looking forward to Don called me this morning and asked me to to uh, kind of, uh, you know, kind of go over a little bit. You were telling some wonderful things about what's going on, and I think that uh, our president is making uh, some, some good decisions. 
Yeah, certainly so. Just in terms of uh, security and protection for the area, there has been concern since this deal was struck back in 2015 that the kind of system of checks and balances that would be necessary simply wasn't there. Moreover, the notion that Iran has been an exporter of terrorism goes back clear to, well, certainly the United States experiences with same back in the late 1970s during the Iranian hostage crisis. This decision yesterday coupled with the recent presidential decision to also uh, finally officially recognize Jerusalem as the official capital of Israel. What do you make of all of this in terms of the bigger picture of prophecy? Yes. Well, you know, uh, in just an introduction here, we wrote a book called Nation Born in a Day, and I heard a minister that I had a lot of regard for, and he, he was talking about the grant that God gave to Abraham concerning the land. And, you know, we, we think many times, well, the land that God spoke to Abraham was, you know, the land that we look at as Israel today. But what had happened uh, in our book, we, we, we got, uh, in fact, the minister sent me an outline of the royal grant that God gave to Abraham. And, you know, you look at it, and, and it seems almost impossible, but it was actually, it goes clear to the Euphrates. It includes all of, uh, of uh, Jordan, and it includes uh, oh, uh, 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 Lebanon, uh, a, a good part of Syria, uh, Iraq, and uh, Saudi Arabia, and corrupted that Euphrates River. And that's, that's the land that God's spoke to Abraham concerning the future, and uh, it was going to be part of the, would be part of his inheritance and the inheritance of his children and his uh, ancestors. And, uh, and, and you know, we've, we've seen things happen. I think one of the big things was 1948 when Israel became a, a nation and uh, a, a sovereign nation, which looked almost impossible. What happened there was uh, before um, uh, the president, uh, he had a partner, uh, Harry Truman, and uh, and they showed up one day at uh, at the White House when Harry Truman had become president after Roosevelt, and so uh, they just sort of came in on unannounced, and he had a rabbi with him, and uh, so Harry said. What can I do for you? And they said, well, if you could do something to make Israel a state. And Harry said, you know, you're going to have it. It's, uh, you know, it was after the Holocaust where millions of Jews were uh, were killed and exterminated and so forth. And, uh, you know, it became one of the great uh, events in the world, 1948. And uh, now, just recently, in a, in our book, we have a, a, a you know a a daily devotional along with it. And uh, day twenty one says, "God loves Jerusalem." You know that God has a favorite city. It's not New York, Paris, Tokyo, or Moscow. As beautiful as these cities are, but the Bible makes clear that God loves Jerusalem. No other city in the Bible receives. His passionate attention. Consider God's words. Thus saith the Lord, I am jealous for Zion with great jealousy. I am jealous for her with great wrath. Thus saith the Lord, I have returned to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem 
And Jerusalem shall be called the faithful city and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain, as in Zechariah 8, 2, and 3. Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord and all the nations. Now here's probably one of the great promises that all the nations are going to come and they're going to gather in, in this land over there. It's in Jeremiah three seventeen, And Jesus called Jerusalem the city of the great king. That's in Matthew five thirty five. And Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who have sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as the hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you're not willing. But that's not the end of the story. He promises to return. I tell you, Jerusalem, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's in Luke 13.35. And just in the last, what, month, uh, President Trump made Jerusalem the headquarters for uh, for Israel. And that's, uh, you know, that's part of the... Uh, the, uh, the the blessing that has come to Israel that, you know, there was a, a lot of presidents could have gone and done it because the, uh, our Congress had approved it for many years but didn't really have the, the initiative to go ahead and, and do what uh, Donald Trump did to make Jerusalem the headquarters of Israel. Well, certainly historically, Paul, you know, while this was passed by Congress, I think, my goodness, more than 20, 25 years ago, the authorization of the relocation of the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, president after president was concerned that, well, if we do so, that'll create more angst and animosity in the region, and, uh, you know, why stir the existing pot? Things are tough enough there already. But it's interesting to note, even as we are here in 2018, as we mark the 70th anniversary of the establishment of the nation of Israel, that, uh, in fact, we are going to be soon christening the new embassy in Jerusalem. And you make an interesting observation inside of your book, um, a nation born in a day, how God's land grant to Abraham affects world affairs and the end times. You say that times of instability can lead to great opportunity. And somebody certainly out there has observed that uh, the moving of the uh, embassy along with things like withdrawal of the United States from the Iran nuclear deal may lead to instability. But I, I want you to speak, if you would, Paul, to your observation that in moments of instability there can be tremendous opportunity. Well, I think so. I think it's the plan of God, and and uh, when we adhere to the plan of God and, and execute it along those lines, God sends an extra blessing along with it. And that's why we're seeing some of the breakthroughs that we're seeing today is because of, of being obedient to what was what God intends for, especially over there, not only in Israel, but in Jerusalem and all these lands, a lot of that land over there will, I mean, it's part of the reason for it is because when the nations come, where are they going to be able to go unless that land becomes available? And you're going to see, uh, it, it, it'll be the size of almost the United States of America. Probably 300 million people, we have probably 300 maybe over 300 million people here in the United States. And that same area will be populated with a population very similar to the United States because of the land and the, and the land grant that God gave to Abraham. And that, 
that that's a wonderful promise, and I think it's it, it goes back to you know how we as individuals can can claim the promises that God has given to us along with this. And Israel is is, is probably one of it. God says He calls it His His it's it, it, it's very uh, it's very pertinent to His heart. And how if we uphold Israel and pray for it and pray for these people and so forth, there's a blessing that comes back to us as individuals. So it's all, it all kind of ties together, not just for Israel, but for us here in America, and especially Christian people that understand that and know how to pray that way. Undoubtedly so, and, and certainly, again, uh, significant events taking place when you consider the um, the intersection of the 70th anniversary of the birth of Israel with the relocation of the American embassy. Um, For a long time, we've sort of just, from a prophetic standpoint, set Israel aside. We've had our attention in other parts of the world, but clearly God is helping to refocus attention back into the part of the world that he calls the apple of his eye. And uh, we appreciate the time and the insights, Paul. Hey, when you uh, talk to Don Otis next, be sure to give him my regards. Just an aside for listeners, Don Otis's father established the very first Christian television station in Israel clear back in the 1970s. And of course, Paul Toberty is a Christian television and radio, I might add, pioneer in Southern California himself. The book is called A Nation Born in a Day, How God's Land Grant to Abraham Affects World Affairs and the End Times. And our thanks to its author, Paul Toberty, for being with us on this segment of Lifeline. Okay, speaking of difficult times and um, God's involvement in our lives, literally reaching down into our lives in those moments. Um, Sometimes we we get so caught up in the resolution of our problem that we fail to see the wonder of God and our relationship with him. We're going to talk about that very topic next. Bay Area author Marlo Shalensky joins us. A look at Reaching for Wonder as this edition of Lifeline continues. All right, 535, we're a bit late, but that's okay. You're stuck in traffic. You probably have the same problem. <laughs> Let's see what's going on traffic-wise as we say good afternoon once again to Michael Bennett, who stands by with the latest in the KFAX Traffic Center. Michael? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the conversation, 539 here. We've all through been through these challenges. In fact, as we speak, you might be facing one yourself. Uh, maybe it's a spiritual crisis of doubt, um, something going on in your life where you feel as if God is a million miles away, your prayers don't go any higher than the top of the ceiling, and as you go before the throne in prayer, you just want it to be over with, whatever it is. I think a lot of us have experienced that, and yet you have to wonder, if God brings or allows things to happen in his permissive will, there must be a reason for it. And if a reason for it, how does that event, that heartache, that hardship translate into God using that as an opportunity to draw us closer to him? Because after all, at the end of the day, this is all about relationship. Christ's death on the cross, through which that substitutionary work might reconcile 
creation back to the Creator. Why? Because God longs to be in fellowship with us, in relationship with us. Repentance, restoration, all leads to God's goal of relationship with us. And yet so oftentimes we try and short-circuit all of that in our short-sightedness to try to just get the mess we're dealing with behind us. My next guest sheds some light on this and brings us full circle to the notion of, in those difficult moments, how to reconnect, how to encounter Christ when life hurts. The new book is called Reaching for Wonder. Joining me today is the author of, in fact, an award-winning author of more than 10 books. She is a regular speaker and columnist, has published nearly 1,000 articles for a number of Christian magazines, probably some you read, including Focus on the Family, Today's Christian Woman, In Touch, and Marriage Partnership. We're pleased to have join us on the program tonight, Marlo Shlevensky. And Marlo, great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me on. Wow, this is certainly not unique to any believer. We've all been through it. Some people listening to us right now are in the middle of it right now, where you're dealing with a crisis of doubt, disappointment, distance from God, and all of that. And in the middle of that pain and agony, a lot of people, as they as they go to the throne of grace and prayer, just want it to be over with. But what's short-sighted about that approach? Oh, don't we all have that approach, though? It's like we are very focused on getting the circumstance fixed. But God is not, and that's what's so hard, is because He is really focused on our encounter with Him in our deepest moments of pain, doubt, disappointment, and discouragement. And we want one thing, and He will not settle for just the quick fix. He is really looking to look us in on the face and have this encounter with us that changes our soul. You know, what's interesting, you, you make note in the book... Uh, the fashion in which sometimes people, uh, no doubt out of uh, the right spirit or mind, but perhaps misguided, tend to trivialize what we're going through. And uh, it strikes me as ironic in that most of us in our approach to God tend to trivialize things, too. And that isn't to say that the circumstances we are facing are trivial. It might be a marriage on the rocks. It could be financial disaster. It could be a health crisis, something of that sort. And and yet there is a sense of trivialization, I think, because, again, that approach of wanting to get this thing just over with as quickly as possible with no thought or regard as to what God wants to do in and through us in these experiences. And, of course, those around us trying to give us encouragement tend to trivialize things with comments like, well, if you just have enough faith or, hey, rest assured, God won't give you any burden any heavier than you can bear. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that were true, but no, no, that's not true. He never says that, and life proves it not to be true. But, yeah, we want to, like you say, we want to say at least. Well, at least this worst thing isn't going to happen. But, you know, in all of these encounters with Christ that I studied in Reaching for Wonder, in all 14, Jesus never looks at someone and says, well, at least. He never trivializes. He never minimizes. He encounters us in the fullness of our pain, and never makes it look like less. Instead, he does these amazing things. He usually will heal someone, but it's never the point of the story. The point of the story is always that encounter, looking a person in the face, changing them on the inside. And we can't do that when we're saying, well, at least it's not this, or it's not that bad. It is bad. Life is hard, and it's supposed to be. And that, I think, is what makes it so difficult for us to accept, 
is that it is not supposed to be an easy walk. Jesus never says, and God never says, that this is an easy walk with him. I have to tell you, Marlo, in uh, doing this program, my goodness, um, going on 30 years now, uh, which I, people say that's surprising, Craig, because you look at not a day over 20. But <laughs> <laughs> there is this notion that there have been so many different approaches to a topic like this, uh, extrapolating insa- insight from Scripture. But you've done something I have never seen done before, and that is that you uniquely go to the singular encounters throughout yeah. the New Testament and then pull out of, extract from those encounters the the relational insights that that God would have for us. And I'm just curious as to what, what led you to, to uniquely go through the New Testament and say, aha, here's a one-time encounter and there's a one-time encounter, and what through all of them is sort of the glue that draws us closer to Christ? What made you decide to take that approach? What made me do is I needed that. When I first started thinking about this book, we were going through, me and my family, just a really, really difficult time. And from years of infertility in the past and miscarriages, I knew that these things like, well, God is good, just have faith, that wasn't going to do the trick. I needed something more. I needed to know what God is like when I'm at the hardest place in my life, and I don't know where to turn, and my prayers, like you were saying earlier, are going to the ceiling and back, and everything seems hopeless, and I'm helpless, and what is it like then to encounter Christ? I I just had to know. And so I went to and found these beautiful stories that we've heard a million times. They're such familiar stories, and yet the beauty I found in them was like, I want to look at them from the perspective of someone, just of someone who's at the worst point in their lives, and they don't know where to turn. And so I picked all those. It's like, what was it like when Jesus encountered them? What was the story really about? What can I learn? What can I see that I've never seen before? And that was the thing that was so meaningful to me and helped me. This became the book that I needed in a very dark and difficult time of life. And so I have a lot of confidence in it now that it can help people. That people are walking in the dark and thinking, what am I doing? And where's God? This will help. It's like, this is what God looks like when he's not what we expect. And isn't it interesting to note that oftentimes when we're going through those difficult moments, uh, someone that has, you know, uh, suffered an extreme loss, whatever it might be, and we oftentimes as Christians say, well, I don't know what to say. We're we're grappling with the words, and yet we feel as a believer that we have to have some sort of um, deep theological understanding of Scripture to pass along. And uh, we typically in those moments say the wrong thing. And I can imagine from the hearer's perspective, when you're going through the difficult time, uh, if, if somebody approaches you and says, well, just, you know, look to the wonder of very God himself, that some people might, in a reactionary form, think that absolutely crazy, and yet there is so much marvelous insight to that. And I want to unwrap that part of this equation when we come back after a brief time out. Um, there, there is a lesson here, I think, to be learned for all of us. And we're going to have Marlo kind of dig down into that when we come back after an update on traffic. The book is Reaching for Wonder, Encountering Christ When Life Hurts. Best-selling author Marlo Shlovensky joins us back with more of our discussion right after a brief timeout. I added a V to her last name, didn't I? <laughs> I apologize for that, Marlo. 
Let's get a look at uh, traffic right now. And as we do so, 548 the clock and on traffic, here's Michael Bennett. Michael. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Marlo Shalesky is with us tonight. Look at reaching for wonder, encountering Christ when life hurts. Marlo, it, it occurs to me, particularly I think for folks that have walked with Christ for a while, that we get that sense of being so familiar with God, so knowing that uh, that familiarity with God causes us, I think, sometimes to lose the wonder of his power, his might, his mercy, his his compassion, um, in the process of perhaps losing part of our first love, we lose sight as to who God really is. Yes, and especially in painful times. Everything can become so familiar. Even the stories in Reaching for Wonder are very familiar, and that's why I want to look at them from a different point of view and have this kind of whole person encounter with Christ through these stories to make it new, to make it beautiful again, to see something you haven't seen to look at something in a different angle and renew that sense of wonder. In those painful times, it's perhaps difficult to get an individual to stop long enough to come to the realization that while we're focused on making it better, God really wants us through those experiences to make us better, doesn't he? Yes, and that is exactly why I put some biblical imagination sections in the book so every time you get to walk with the person, what might have it been like? I'm really hoping that readers will have an encounter with each um, story. Like, what would it have been like? What did it smell like? What did it feel like? You know, what, did, what would you see? So we can break that old familiarity and say, not have that intellectual experience. You need to find wonder. Oh, that's the worst thing. Nobody's ever going to find it that way. But in walking with these people from Scripture and walking through some of the modern-day stories I include, it's like maybe we can see God in a new way. Maybe we can find, through our pain and in it, something new and beautiful. And, you know, when you think about the healing ability of that, as a person works to reach through, and you talk about this through each of the chapters, through shame, doubt, hopelessness, loss, despair, isolation, fear, guilt, whatever the challenge may be that is um, crippling you at the moment, that God can allow us to reach through all of that. And as we begin to experience the wonder, it also begins to sort of, how should we say, open up the floodgates of healing, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely, because we think we're reaching, and really God is reaching through all of that to us. We're wanting to go around. It's like, if I could just go around this pain, and Christ reaches through and pulls us toward him. We just have to, we have to go through. I'm reminded of that scene in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus and his ability to relate to us as being uh, both God and man, can understand when we say, hey, I'd rather this cup pass from me. I'd rather not have to deal with whatever it is and just go around it. And yet in the willingness to allow our will to be subservient to his will, God can use that 
to do some pretty magical and wonderful things in our own lives. I mean, to begin with, in the example I cite, uh, you know, imagine if God had said, yeah, okay, I'd really rather not see my son suffer like this. We'll, we'll let that whole thing on the cross go by the wayside. Well, there would be no remission of sin. Man would continue to be enslaved to the impossibility of keeping the law, and none of us would be walking in fellowship with very God himself today if that were to happen. But going through the experience allowed Christ to to ultimately serve God's greater purpose, the greater good of paying the price on our behalf, through which we can then find reconciliation, which leads to relationship. And at the end of the day, isn't it true, ultimately, as you looked at the variety of stories, I think uh, 12 or 14 all told inside the book, uh, Reaching for Wonder, that in every case it led also to an encounter that was very rich in relationship with God? It's all about relationship with God, every story, and is that way, a call to a deeper relationship. That's what amazed me when I wrote this book, is that I thought I was doing healing stories, and they aren't healing stories at all. They're encounter stories. The healing is, for so many of them, the healing's like an aside. It's a footnote. And the rich encounter with God is what takes the main stage every single time and that's why when we're so focused on i need a fix to this circumstance that we just miss the heart of god because every single time in our lives it is about that rich encounter he is doing something great and we if we can just be there he'll do it in us marlo let me ask you a um, albeit unfair question But I want to ask you a question, because you made reference in the previous segment to some of the pain that your family and your husband has been through when it comes to uh, raising your family, bringing your family about, I guess I could say. For you, in putting this book together, is there one encounter that you detail inside the pages of Reaching for Wonder, one encounter that you serve as a witness for, so to speak, from Scripture, that really spoke the most to you in in your most difficult pain? The story that just I love, because it kind of encapsulates all of what I'm trying to say, I think, is the story of the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. You know, she has done everything. She's now out of money. Nothing has helped, and she has one last hope. She's going to try to get through this crowd of people who should not be touching her and just touch the tip of Jesus' robe. You know, just that little maybe bit of prayer shawl. That's all she wants, just that, only a tiny touch. And it's like, I get that feeling where it's like, God, I only need this, I only want that. And if I can just get to him and just touch that edge, I'm going to be healed. And she does. And she's completely healed. And she's going to sink back into the crowd. But no. And this is where I love, what I love about God. It's like she's got everything that she came for. It's all done for her. And he stops that entire crowd. It's like he stops the world. So he can search for her and bring her out of the crowd, look her in the face, and say, take heart, daughter. I'm like, oh, we reach for God in these tiny ways. We just want that tiny little touch. But He stops the world to reach out to us and say, Take heart, look us in the face, call us daughter, call us son. 
bring us into that intimate relationship. And how fascinating that is, because in that moment, as the story uh, denotes, uh, he's aware. I think the, the, the phrase in the King James is that he perceived virtue had gone out of him. Um, and and being both God and man, he knew exactly what had happened, and he knew exactly with whom it happened. But he wanted to, as you point out, Marlo, stop and have that connection, that relational connection with her. This woman that, my goodness, uh, over a decade of, you know, insert your own physical malady or personal challenge here, but a decade of being ill. And I can imagine her having gone to doctor after doctor and and consulted with rabbis and everyone else trying to get an answer. And there were no forth, none forthcoming. And when she hears the story of this amazing man who has been going about healing people, she says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, that's all I need. And instead of just you know, announcing to the crowd that somebody had just been he- healed by their faith. Uh, instead, as you point out, he stopped because he wanted to have that personal connection with her. Yeah, I love that because for her, that little touch is enough, and for him, it isn't. For Jesus, it's not enough. He wants to have this whole encounter, this whole looking in the face, and it's just a beautiful thing. And that has really changed my view on when I'm going through really hard things. And this week, we've been going through hard things again. They, they always come. There's always difficulties and trouble and trials. But now, I'm starting to see, and I'm starting to really believe it. And isn't it amazing on the back side of it how you can look at it and say, gee, if I hadn't gone through this experience, how much I would have missed out on? Yeah. Yeah, even if it's so hard. There's things, if you can just like, she comes out of the crowd, she's willing to encounter Jesus, and that is all it takes. I mean, we think we have to get up this huge amount of faith, but half the stories in Reaching for Wonder, these people have puny faith or none at all. It's, it's not their great, giant faith. It's just that they're willing to come to Jesus, just as they are. I believe, help my unbelief, love that guy, you know? And so she's just willing to step out of the crowd. And there's Jesus, willing to basically call her this beautiful name, daughter, which she doesn't do all the time. I don't think we even see that anywhere else, just with her. Some fascinating observations on these encounters, more than a dozen of them, that individuals have with Christ throughout the New Testament, and what we can extrapolate, what we can withdraw from those encounters, watching those experiences, understanding at the end of the day, God doesn't want to just make it better. He wants to make us better. And while our focus seems to be on just getting the problem behind us, he has so much more um, in store for us, particularly going to the heart of his priority, and that is relationship with us. The book is called Reaching for Wonder, Encountering Christ When Life Hurts. The book newly published, and uh, you can get it at bookstores throughout the Bay Area, certainly through uh, Amazon.com. You can also go to uh, Marlowe's website at vividgod.com. The book is published by Abington Press. And again, Reaching for Wonder, the book, Encountering Christ, when life hurts. Its author, our guest on this segment of Lifeline, so pleased to visit with Marlo Shaleski. All right, we're here at uh, 601. Let's get you caught up in some traffic, shall we? The latest from the KFAX Traffic Center with Michael Bennett. Michael. 